praise the Lord. Let's stand and open up with our devotion. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We praise you. We lift your name up on high. Help us to learn how to open our hearts so we can open our mouths and exclaim who you are, not only to us, but in this universe. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, remove the pride. Remove just being subdued. <laughs> not recognizing that there is a force that wants to keep you quiet and not exclaim that Jesus is Lord. He is our all in all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And God, I'm just so grateful that even our devotional is exclaiming all the many names of Jesus Christ so that we have at least six days of constant remembrance so that we can continue to walk in that way, remembering your name, your name define who you are, what you do for us. And all we have to do is just call on that name and you show up in that way, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Father, I'm gonna lift up this prayer. Gracious God, our heavenly Father, to call thee by this glorious title is at once to give thee praise <laughs> and place ourselves in right relationship to thee. To know that thou art God and to know that the great God is our loving Father is to have all prayers heard before they are asked, before they are called upon. I will answer them. This is thy promise to us. I am more willing to hear it than they to call is thy lament and challenge. Mm. Thus entreated, we turn trustingly to thee in every time of trouble. Guide us by thy eye, build us up into thy likeness, feed us on thy love, and keep us pure in life and love. Be patient with us in our ignorance. Be our knowledge and wisdom for there is none else to whom to go. Forgive us all our faults and follies. Help us to forgive others as graciously as thou doest us. We place ourselves in thy care. Now, Father, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We, in, in the prayer preparation before I came out, there was so much praise. There's such an, an excitement in my spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father. <clears throat> so we're going to continue on in 1 Thessalonians 5, and we're going to pick up at verse 12 in the this is part two of the day of the Lord, and this is part two or continuation of the message from last week 
when it was warning us and preparing us for the day of Jesus' return, which is what the body of Christ needs to be focusing in on. Now, it, it really blesses my soul, and, but it also keeps me encouraged to stay on the path, even though you may hear, well, we heard that. I don't care. You heard only with your ears. You didn't hear with your heart, because if you did, we would be on another subject. Okay, but at any rate, <laughs> I am getting affirmation after affirmation of this message, and it's a now time message, because God wants his church awaken, awaken. And we have been sleeping, and we're too caught up with, with the wrong things concerning what our worship is all about. It has nothing to do with structure. It has nothing to do with numbers. It has nothing to do with who you think who's who that is up in the pulpit, but it has everything to do with the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And because we've had our focus on all of the wrong things, we have missed it. And this is why our world is in the place that it is in today. And if we're not cautious and careful, we will be part of those who are coming back for the judgment of Jesus Christ and not for the rapture of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, okay, let me read. I'm going to read from 12 through uh, 28. And um, I I have a a mixture of grieve and joy. I don't know what that's all about. (laughs) Grieve over our mess and joy over who Jesus is. Okay. Okay, and uh, verses 12 of chapter 5. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you or instruct you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with an holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that the epistle or the letter be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Christ be with you. Amen. Okay, so we're going to go back um, and begin with verse 12 when it says, And we beseech beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you. We need to know what does it mean to know? (laughs) Remember in Genesis, it says that Adam knew Eve and then she begot 
Cain and Abel, okay? So that word to know is a word of intimacy, okay? And intimacy is far greater and far deeper, uh, deeper than the expression of some intimacy, which is called sex. Intimacy is way past that and far deeper than that. And, the, and I guess the greatest problem is because uh, we've come from generations of generations who's never understood what real intimacy is all about, therefore never passed it down, and most folks suffer from knowing how to interact with people or how to receive love or deal when you've been hurt in love. Yeah, amen. Yeah. And, amen. And so uh, the verb, it's a verb. Intimacy is a, uh, is a verb. <laughs> and, uh, and, and it means to be knowledgeable. And it's a verb of present tense which says to be aware, behold, understand, okay? Now, these points can only be developed when there is much communication with both parties listening and attentive to the conversation, okay? Not listening for the opportunity to get your point in. So you only think you're not really listening. You're hearing a sound and waiting for it to shut up, so you can make your response. Because when we really listen, you will hear more than what's verbally being communicated. Okay, you can hear more from facial expressions and eyes. <laughs> And body language is speaking louder than your words, okay? <laughs> what we need to do is ask questions about those things you hear but do not understand and maybe don't even agree, but before you challenge it, ask some open-ended questions that will give you some indication of the motive of what or why something is being said so that you can respond to it appropriately or not at all. Amen. <laughs> because you see, to live with a person or be with a person often and not know them is because you are too consumed with yourself or you're just in denial two things. And worst and last of all, you're retarded. You know what? Let me just share this little tidbit for some of you who want to try to challenge some stuff. When I ain't feeling it and I'm struggling, preparing, I stop. Yes. And I wait for yes. God to get the first fruit of my time and my energy and I pray and ask God, reveal to me, what would you have us to know? Yes. And when I start writing, yes. It's coming from the spirit. Amen. So get over yourself. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay, Lord. Someone who's in the position to teach, preach, or evangelize, or I should say disciple you in the faith, you must know that person well. Respect them and honor them. If they are not giving you biblical doctrine, 
You have the right to leave and to go where the truth is taught. Okay? If you have a problem with personality, then you go to the Lord with it and ask him how to pray for that person. Don't just stop praying your soul. Ask him, how should I pray for this person in order to make sure first that, it, that you aren't the problem? And then let God fix the problem in them and in you. Okay, to support some of this that I just said, let's go over to uh, 1 Timothy um, chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2 is like one of my hallmark scriptures because this is the scripture the Lord gave me while driving, coming from dropping my daughter off at elementary school was a scripture that she gave, he gave me to start the prayer ministry, okay? And it reads, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, that's the same as prayer petitions, prayers, that means that you're praying, intercession, that means you're praying for others, and giving up thanks, that means that you're praying in faith, <laughs> be made for all men for kings kings in the bible represents authority so that is the government authority church authority household authority employers okay for kings and all and for all that are in authority why that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty but this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, Amen. who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Okay, he'd say, in other words, if you want to see a change, you need to be persistent, consistent, and effectual and praying for people who are in authority or holding these positions not coming up with, with your thought pattern of what you need to say that comes from a broken soul. Okay? He says, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So God works it all, all out. Okay? And... When he gets done, there's going to be a testimony for yeah. you to testify. Okay, uh, let's go over to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, and this is another little hallmark scripture that uh, begins with verse 11. And he gave some, who was he? Yeah, don't be scared. <laughs> and you only have to raise your hand, just call it out. <laughs> and he gave some apostles. Now, you know, our God is a God of order. So how he presents this is the order and how the church is formulated. And he gave some apostles, those who find the church and begin the church. And he gave some prophets, those who declare what God says the church is supposed to be about. And some evangelists, those who go out and bring in unbelievers that fill the church. And some pastors, those who govern the sheep that becomes part of the church. And teachers, those who 
uh, teach the word of God, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, in order for us to grow in the knowledge of who Jesus is and who we are in him. And there are some pastors, uh, uh, like myself, my main gift is teaching. But there are some pastors who do, do both, but there are some who only do the preaching. And if they have enough wisdom, have qualified teachers. <laughs> Amen. Okay. And the reason why he, he gives these fivefold ministries is verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. That word perfecting means equipping. Yeah. To equip us. Because we know we're not going to see perfection on this side. But we're to strive for it. Though we won't see it on this side of heaven. We will see it on the other side of heaven. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay. So that's called discipleship. Till we all come in the unity of faith. Till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Now, in the unity of faith, do y'all hear that? Because the problem with the church today is they're uh, battling about certain doctrines that has nothing to do with salvation. When it affects salvation, now you need to be concerned. But the differences of what we believe, if it has nothing to do with your salvation, why are you battling over it? You choose to believe that? Okay, I believe this. Okay, like for instance, whether you pray in, in the spirit or not, or the, uh, or the protocol in, 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 in your building. <laughs> Please. The, the protocol that I choose over this building had nothing to do with somebody else's church. And, and you can't come here and change it unless the Holy Spirit tells me I sent that person and, and that change is good. But otherwise, keep it to yourself. It's just an opinion. Okay? All right. Some of this stuff I didn't make notes on. I know it's coming from heaven. Okay. <laughs> the unity of faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God. See, that's where our issues lie, because since we don't know who Jesus is, you can't know who you are. First of all, we were created in the image of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, naturally. Now you've been born again by the blood of Jesus and the cross, so now you are like him. Are supposed to be like him and the reason you're struggling with life because the divine nature is fighting against that old broken nature that says no you don't act like this anymore this is how you're supposed to act but it's so foreign you can't comprehend the new person I hope you have ears to hear and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying because it would in your inward struggle and, and, and let me tell you, if you don't think you're having an inward struggle, well, let me just tell you, them times when you're discontent, you get upset over every little thing, you can't accept any kind of correction, you, you, you think everything said to you is personal and it's a battle against you, and you won't receive wisdom, you're having an inward battle. And you just don't know it. Okay. 
Why? Because your heart got born again, but your soul didn't. And that's why Paul tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Okay? So, and into a perfect man. Now, that perfect there means mature. Become into a mature man. And only the word matures us. Okay? That's what brings us into maturity. Unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Glory. Why? So that we're not henceforth no more like children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And some of the doctrine, and I'm not even talking about spiritual doctrine, but just the doctrine of men's intelligence. But that will have you going and thinking the wrong thing. And that's why you don't get caught up with education. You have to be caught up with the wisdom of God. And the slight of men and the cunning craftiness, craftiness where people do certain things to employ you to do certain things that's going to benefit them in the long run. (laughs) Okay. And they lie and wait to deceive because they are being controlled by their father. Amen. Amen. And so they come up with all kinds of little trickery things that does not fall in line with the word of God and does not tell you how, how the church is supposed to function, okay? But, but this is what you're supposed to be doing. Speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And all things concerning God, the Father, okay? And we're up up under the deity of God, okay? From whom the whole body fitly joined together. In in other words, because we're working on the same thing. That is what Paul just talked about. Coming into the knowledge of truth. Now we are knit together. That's called unity. Unity. And compacted together so that every joint supplieth. So whatever you may be lacking at the time, I can supply and vice versa. We don't have any super saints. We have to have some who walk more in faith than, than others, but that don't make you a super saint. And you're supposed to help each other when one is kind of low or falling in, in their faith, we help bring them up and lift them up. Yeah. You don't puff people up in their gifts. Yeah. In the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love, until it, causing it to grow. That's what all of that means. Amen? Okay, let's go back to our, our, our scripture, First Thessalonians 5. And we can ask questions to bring us comfort, and to also ask open-ended questions to cause a person to think. And, and your, those questions are in a suggested way, as like the prophet Nathan did when he went to David. He didn't make any accusations. He presented a picture and let David condemn himself. When after he presented the picture of sin, uh, David condemned himself. How? Because David told him, well, Nathan pretended like he was 
like, uh, well, he presented it. I won't say pretend nothing. He presented the picture as if it was about someone else, but that was more of an assumption on David than anything else. So Nathan did not lie or suggest a lie, okay? And so David assumed that who he was talking about was somebody else when it was actually about him. And, and so then David tells Nathan what should happen to that person as a punishment for the wrong that had been exclaimed. And then that's when Nathan said, it's you. <laughs> okay. So Nathan didn't come making any accusations as if as if he was the authority because he was operating only uh, on the authority of God, which is the same thing that David operated on as on the authority of God. But let me tell you what uh, Nathan did for uh, David only helped David to humble himself because the truth was revealed and, and, and to, and to bring, bring the correction. So God brought the correction, not man because you don't have that authority to bring correction to God's leaders. God put leaders, spiritual leaders, in their position, not man. All right? And since he is the one that do it, he's the only one that has the authority to remove them and, and to tell them about what they better, better do or what they should do or what they should not do. Don't be deceived by an unclean spirit to have you walking out of order. Because the, that whole intent is not to destroy the leader, that whole intent is to destroy you. Mm -hmm. So don't be deceived. Okay, back to the verses in Thessalonians. Verses um, uh, 14 and 15 says, now we, because all that I just talked about should cover those other verses. Now, we exhort you brethren. What we need to recognize that the first few verses was talking about the leadership. Now he's getting ready to talk to the brethren of the church. Okay, so he says, now we exhort you brethren, warn them that are unruly. Now uh, let's talk about exhort. Because we read a lot of words and, and basically you kind of know what they mean, but sometimes you need to understand the meaning so that you can operate in order. Okay? It says to call near, invite, invoke by imploration, hortation, or consolation. So that means that you are inviting or uh, invoking something to come up and manifest. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Okay or to pray. So when you see things out of order, you pray for what is right to manifest and what is wrong to um, be annihilated by the spirit of the living God. We can do far more with righteous, humble, fervent, consistent prayer than with your tongue. This is why he's saying that we exhort you all Okay, to warn them that are unruly. He's talking about the body of Christ warning the body of Christ. Okay, unruly means insubordinate, and you wouldn't be insubordinate if you wasn't under leadership. 
careless or out of line. Now, David Jeremiah says, like a soldier who won't, who won't march in formation. He says, a soldier who won't march in formation. Now, Paul uses a lot of military terms in his epistles in the gospel. And, and I think for a few reasons that I came to, one is, one is that while we're here on earth, we are in basic training preparing for a higher kingdom. Because when we get to heaven, it, life is nothing like what we are experiencing here. And if we haven't worked and submitted to the Holy Spirit of working on us, changing us, you can't hang in heaven. Because heaven will be about praising and worshiping. Okay? But when everything is all about you, you're going to have some problems. Okay? Two, which is, which is really good, is that we are in warfare. As believers, we are living in warfare time with levels of principalities that we have to face. Now, you need to understand those levels of principality graduate according to your faith. So you don't stay in the same kind of battlefield that you started out in. The more you grow in Christ, the higher the principalities come. Okay. So we're dealing with levels of principalities. And when the body is out of unity, when the body is out of unity, now the enemy will do his greater damage. Don't you understand that that's what the... What the en enemy wants, he wants the bickering, the coming between, so that the body is not unified in Christ, so he can destroy it, which is doing a pretty good job, okay? Now, think about it. In the armed forces, and in and, 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 and any person who's been in the armed forces, because it's not limited to just men, but in the armed forces, if there wasn't training for everyone to do the same and be on the same course, when the enemy, which would be the opposing army, come against them, they would win the battles, therefore being able to win the war. You cannot go on the warfare, on the battle, with your opinion, your opinion, and your opinion, and none of them come together and agree. Because I have my own mind, I'm grown, I'm gifted, you can't tell me what to do. You just set yourself up to be killed. Amen. And all the other folks around you. Amen. That's why there is strategy and unity because it will destroy the forces of evil. Amen. So this is why Paul uses military terms for us to get it as the body of Christ so we won't be dealing out of carnality and flesh and emotions all the time. And we need to be able to come together. Why? Because we believe in the same Father, Son, Holy Ghost, baptism, all of that. We believe in that, all that other stuff. Take it to God in prayer. What we need to understand, Satan cannot stand against the love, the word, and the blood. 
He cannot fight against love, blood, and the word. Why? It comes from heavenly kingdom who never loses a battle. And at the end, you're going to see who's going to have the war. Okay? Now, think about this. If Satan can't handle that, and let me tell you what it represents in the natural. The love of God represents unity. See, if we're operating in the love of God, even though we may have disagreements, we don't fall out of love. And we don't walk around with this, with this uh, position and posture like, I'm, I'm not part of that. I'm not in that. I'm through with that. All you've done is open the door for the enemy. And guess what? Who the, who the enemy going to destroy? Not your opposer. Come on. And you wonder about why you all kinds of stuff is attacking your body and your mind. Because you're out of order. You're out of line. Okay. So the love represents unity. Okay. The word represents the sword. We fight with the weapon of a sword that separates and divides what's evil and what's good. So the word represents the sword. So that means you're supposed to be praying the word so it can separate and it begins here before it goes out there. It's going to separate and divide that that is evil from what is good in God's sight. And the blood represents our training, spiritual training. Amen? Because, see, the blood covers us and protects us. Your spiritual training will protect you and cover you. So when we take what is spiritual and put it together with what is natural ability, we will see God's supernatural works. That is a precept that promised victory. And you're sitting up here like, oh, okay. You've just been given a key to the kingdom of heaven. Act like you receive it and you heard it and that you're going to apply it. That's why we have troubles. Because you're sitting up here like you at the movies. The Lord do not call long rangers. His call is for the body of Christ, which is a unit. Unity, that's who he's calling. He's not calling for no one big time person who think they got it going on. They don't exist. Okay? He's calling for us to come together. He's calling for the body of Christ. And those who follow instructions in order to do what they were purposed to do for the sake of victory. You follow those instructions for your victory. You are not, let me tell you, you are not going to make it by yourself. No one can make it by themselves. Okay? We all need each other. And if the pandemic didn't show us anything else, we should have gotten that from this. There are many people who have 
committed suicide, lost their minds, grieved. Health is messed up as they were grieving because they were suffering from being alone. God never created mankind to be separated and alone. The very first thing he did for Adam was give him help meet. Okay? And so we cannot walk this walk alone. Let me tell you, you've set yourself up to be destroyed. During this pandemic time, this was Satan's attempt to destroy mankind. But it was motivated by man's ignorance due to the desire for power and, and, and wealth to get it going because it's going to destroy anybody. <laughs> Darkness don't come to be selective. It's going to destroy anyone who embraces things that does not line up with God's word and his morals. So don't think you're exempt because you think your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but you're living the life of this world, embracing all of the things that go against God's morals because we want to impress other people more than God. We want to impress rather than imprint. The results are bad and will backfire on you when you're trying to impress others rather to imprint upon them the truth. The results are going to be bad because they're going to backfire on you. Amen? Okay. Um, verse 15. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. That means that we, in every situation with everyone, are supposed to be following biblical Christianity. That means against any system that is immoral. We're to follow biblical Christianity. Amen? So in verse 16, it says, Rejoice evermore. As believers, we have far more to rejoice over, irrespective of all of our everyday problems. We have far more to rejoice over, and that's where we, we need to be putting our focus at so we could rejoice evermore. Verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. It means to pray about everything and be consistent with prayer, not just for 911 occasions. Okay? Prayer, prayerful thoughts prevent some things from happening. Like, I'm going to uh, give this for instance, that I have, was having a conversation earlier this morning, who said, they would just pop up in my spirit and, and, and ever so often. Well, that's God saying, you need to pray. Yeah. Now, you don't know why, and, and you really don't have to know why. That's not your business, because sometimes we, we want to know too much. And then you're in trouble, because ain't nothing you can do about the much. Because mm -hmm. if you ain't going to be faithful to even pray when you don't know nothing, and then you know so much stuff that is going to aggravate you, you're definitely not going to pray. <laughs> okay. So you begin to ask God, how do you want me to pray? Okay, because 
whatever God put in your spirit when he arouses you with the thought of the person or the something is because he wants you to intercede on behalf of what the enemy means for evil so he can work it for their good. See, it is so much to learn about intercessory prayer that, but I can't teach on prayer every day of the year. You know, every time I have those sessions and I think we have arrived, then I hear some other stuff and I'm like, oh, Lord, we're back to basics again. Okay? So we, we need to be mindful. You can't, that's why I'm saying you can't sit up under the word and not take it in. Because you're setting, just to sit up under it, you're setting yourself up for failure. Why? Because you're going to be challenged on what you've heard and you're going to be judged on what you heard. And if you don't receive it with your heart and try to remember it and go out and walk in it, there's going to be some problems. See, we, uh, we have grown up in these churches where you just come together and all it has been is a social gathering and, and, and a hooping and a hollering and a sweating and a spitting and a jumping and a shouting and nobody knows nothing. And so all hell breaks out in life and we can't figure it out when God said, I sent you life and I told you to choose it and become equipped with it. So that you can overcome what I've already overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. What is your testimony? Testimonies is not getting upset. You know, I almost had an accident. No, the testimony is the word of God. That's what you're testifying, the word of God. I just want us as the body of Christ to grow up in the things of Christ so that we can overcome the cares of this world. All of these things that keep us subdued and keep us from operating. Let me tell you, all of the personal challenges and stuff that we're dealing with is keeping us blinded and busy with stuff that where we can't see to reach out to the people who need to hear the truth and to come out of the darkness while you're pampering over our stuff. So we can't see the bigger picture because I keep saying it. It's not about us. Amen. It's about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it's never going to be about how can it be about people who are going to die and can't come back unless the power of God raise you up. Yeah. He's the only one that went to the grave and rose. So it's all about him. Okay, 18. And everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. A lot of people read that they think, oh, are you thanking God for the bad? That's not what this Bible is saying. <laughs> you don't thank God for the bad stuff, but in it, you give God thanks to bring you up out of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And realizing that even in the bad, God is at work. Yes, yes, yes. That's what you're giving thanks for. He's at work. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And what Satan meant to, for your demise, I'm going to work it for your good. Yes. Okay? And, and um, uh, 19 says, which is one of my favorite, quench not the spirit. Quench not the spirit. All right now. Yes. <laughs> How do you quench the spirit? T 
to disobey all of these admonitions that he, Paul just talked about, number one is quenching the spirit. Just go back over those other verses in your private time. Meditate on them. You see how you can quench the Holy Spirit. Okay? Putting out the fire of, you, you quenching it by putting out the fire of the Holy Ghost with cold water of doubt, speaking negative, destructive words over the situation or person. Your, all of that stuff is cold water putting out the fire of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost come to burn up the mess and you trying to put it out and talking about, I believe God, I'm believing God. See, that's, that's, that, that's, that's that religious stuff I be talking about. And just, just, just doing things, challenge it. Challenge your own thoughts. Try your thoughts with the spirit. The Bible says try the spirits with the spirit. Try your thoughts with the spirit. Don't just act because that's the first thing that came up. I keep saying the very first thing that comes up is necessarily the Lord. You, we don't, you just, not that smart. You don't have it going on like that. None of us. When something comes up that it seems unusual, I, I challenge it with God. He don't have a problem with that. What he has a problem with is that you're foolishly going out operating out of ignorance. He wants us to not be ignorant of the devices of Satan. So he's going to confirm it. He's going to tell you. He's, he's going to let you know if you're out of line or whatever. He will reveal it to you. Don't be listening to them lies of them old Christian folks talking about, you can't ask God no questions. You can't challenge God. Well, how are you going to come into the wisdom and understanding of what God is saying if you don't ask some questions? God didn't create us to be stupid. He keeps saying all through the epistles, don't be ignorant of the devices of Satan. Well, if I'm not going to be ignorant of the devices of Satan, I got to talk to the one who know it all. So I have to ask him. He's the only one that can tell me. The other way that you can um, quench the spirit is profaning the name of God. While you're putting God's name in, in, in a um, blasphemy way. Okay? Not only just with, with words of blasphemy, prof profanity, but just with your concept that does not line up with his word. And speaking things concerning the Holy Spirit that is not doctrinal. Amen? Okay. Um, and, 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 and the last thing I wrote down was refusing to do his commands. You know, and I've heard people say, well, God understand. He knows. God knows me. Do you really think that excuse you? You see, that's what I said. We think way too highly of ourselves than we are. I would be afraid to say but God knows me. He understands because I didn't do what. It's like, God help me, Holy Ghost. I ain't feeling it, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'll do it anyway. anyway. Okay. Only to find out. Thank you, Jesus. I did it. It worked. Okay. So that's, that's blasphemy against the spirit talking about God knows me. Well, everybody know he knows every, all of us. What makes you different? That think you can get away with what you want to get away with. Okay, I, I can see y'all ain't liking this message at all. <laughs> 
go over to Ephesians 4.30 just to confirm this last phrase about quenching the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, verse 30. And it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Why? That whereby you are sealed. Don't grieve the Spirit that has you sealed unto the day of redemption. So you don't even have to walk down that stupid lane. Because he's got you sealed and got you covered. Why are you going to come up from under his covering to be stupid? God's seal on us is his Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, back to Thessalonians uh, uh, verse 20. And it says, despise not prophesying. Okay. Prophecy must be tested by scripture and rejected if it's not, if, if it's contradictory to the scriptures. You don't reject it immediately. Try it, okay? Because sometimes you will hear a word. I know I heard a lot of words predicting my future that I could not see, did not understand. But thank God I was too stupid to reject it. And I say it like that because I, I, don't, I can't say that the Spirit wouldn't let me reject it. I don't even know if I was listening to the Spirit. But I was just too stupid to reject it only to find out it manifest down the years. Okay, but what I have learned uh, throughout the years is that I can hear something and maybe I don't agree with it. And I says, God, reveal it to me. If this is coming from you, coming from Satan, so I know what to do with it. Even with the dreams, certain dreams you can have. I first ask God, who's the author of this dream? Because if it's Satan, then I can cast it out and dispel it. But if it's God, then tell me what I need to do. Okay, we, I'm telling you, we need to have conversations with God and, 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 and stop t taking stuff for granted like we know everything. We don't know nothing. I don't know nothing but Jesus and him crucified. And that's all we need to know. Okay, now, because this, 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 this gift is, is, is one that's been abused greatly. So that's why you really do need to be trying and you need to be careful about what you're calling false prophecy because just some, because something didn't come to pass within your time span doesn't mean it's false prophecy because God's time and our time is totally different and you don't evaluate it by whether it came to pass or not. So you need to hold on to it and, 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 and wait on God. That's God's business is when he wants to manifest it. Because like I said, I was told something when I first got saved that I'm seeing the manifestation now. And I had really forgotten I was told that until I see. I'm like, whoa, this is what you were talking about, okay? So in its true operation, it is valuable and it is essential to the church. Amen. Verse 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. That means to abstain from every form of evil. Okay, so you need to um, ask the question, does this please you, Lord? Are my actions pleasing you? Are they acceptable to you? If God isn't pleased with it, you need to quit it. Just because you're comfortable with it don't mean it's right. Amen. And, it, and it, it, it may not be anything very serious, 
but it, the, the, the problem is, is how is it affecting others? So that they're not either uh, sin in their faith or lost. Because I want to tell you something, familiar spirits attract each other. Whether you recognize some of them demons that have not been delivered out of your soul or not. And there's somebody else who has suffered from some of the same itis. So therefore, they may take how you react and respond in the wrong manner when you had no intentions about anything outside of just being friendly. You know what I'm saying? So therefore, we have to be aware of ourselves and how we're coming off sometimes. So I don't want to give off the impression, give you the wrong impression about anything. So I'm going to try to handle myself in such a way that you don't. And if I do it, it will be unknowing to me. Then God will correct it or fix it or whatever or hold you, keep you from being destroyed by it. Because anything that we do for God will last. And when we, when we ask God about these things pleasing us, you don't have to fret or worry. The Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures will answer that in your humility. Because if you're not humble, you're not going to hear from him. Okay? You cannot go to him in pride of wanting to be right. You have to ask that because you really want to know, not for him to qualify you to be right. See, some we be working, going to God, wanting to hear what he has to say in a way that is to qualify. Yeah, you were the one that's right. They were wrong, honey. No, you go and, and with the humbleness, God, I just want to know. And if I'm wrong, I want to know so I can be corrected and not repeat this again. But when you're just asking because you want, uh, want, all, uh, want everything that you say and do to be true and right, you're not going to hear from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, and the, uh, which is the Spirit of God, do not dwell in mess and evil and sin. Does not dwell. Okay, uh, verses 23 to, to 28, I'm going to summarize. Paul concludes his letter with hope for the Thessalonian church to be open to the progressive sanctification process in their lives, which entails body, soul, and spirit. That's the heart of an under-shepherd, that he or she wants the church to be open to progressive pro sanctification process, because God is continuously sanctifying our body, soul, and spirit, but because he did not want any of them to miss the rapture, okay? So for us to be ready for the rapture of Jesus Christ. Now, all of his letters end with a holy salutation and asking for prayer for himself and for any of the uh, other apostles that are teaching, you know, the, the, the churches that he goes and, and build up and then he leaves a leader there. He's, the, Paul is always asking for prayer for himself and for them, which should be going on, okay? Because 
we need to understand that the gift doesn't define the person, but the purpose, okay? This is why we have armor bearers here for the leader of this church. And their responsibility is to keep my arms uplifted. Okay, I know some people may have issues with them, but for them to be in tune, they have to be prayerfully in tune. Not coming out of their flesh, not coming out of emotionalism, but coming from the, from the, from the spirit. Amen? And, 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 and to keep my arms uplifted so I don't falter or fall, and, and, and when it comes to spiritual things, because that's, that's basically the only thing that they have the, the, the privilege or the opportunity uh, to really bring correction to. As far as the, the, the personal stuff, I don't have much discussion anyway about that. But if God reveals something to them that they feel like I've been fretting or whatever and is revealed to me, I hearken to it. That's the whole purpose of having armor bearers who know how to intercede and understand the word in a session more deeply than, than uh, the average person. We must pray for all pastors, for all pastors. See, when the people put these pastors above their calling and put them on God's throne, we all suffer the consequences from that during this age. And that's part of the problem. That people have idolized pastors and act like they were God. And they had them up on a throne and a pedestal. God never intended that to be. He's the only one on the throne. Okay? You have gone along with stuff that and accepted it. And, and, and even in, in, in the families, if there was it's a family member in, um, that um, patriarch or matriarch or whatever uh, that was uh, head of a church or in the church, even though you knew that they were out of order and sinning, and you're, this is your personal relative, that you do have the authority to correct, okay? Went along with it because of their title and made the remark, that they didn't live this long doing this, who am I to say something? Well, I certainly don't want to meet God to have to answer to that, that statement. It is, it is your position to say, because first of all, you don't want that loved one who's out before the, the, the public operating in a, in a mode that they should not be operating in. That's why... Well, y'all have a whole lot of editing to do today then. Uh, that's why so many um, um, pastors are known for whoring around with the congregation, yes. committing adultery, yes. and got babies outside of their, of their marriage and their relationship, or the single pastors dating just about every available female in the congregation because Family members are not putting them under subjection. And, and be, because you have a title does not give you the authority to be a whoremonger. Because you have a title, it does not give you the authority to pimp the church. See, we, we, 
I believe why so much stuff is happening because of these kinds of things. And somebody got the audacity to be concerned about how I want to keep this church to look excellent. This is my house. God made me the shepherd over this house. And I'm going to keep it as perfect as I can perfectly do. I want it to shine, smell good, look beautiful. I want it to be inviting. And I want God to be pleased. And I want to feel good that I can come up here and lay on the floor and worship and be okay. And not worry about what's going to contaminate me. Amen. 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 Get over the minor. And major on Jesus. That's what you need to major on Jesus Christ. And you should be glad that you have a place to worship that you can come into that is clean. And people are particular about the place. That just lets me know what's going on in your home. Don't talk to me about how you keep your home. I, you, you reveal a whole lot more than you realize. I know what time it is. I didn't live this long not to have wisdom. Plus, I ask God for wisdom. So it's a definite. Okay? But we don't live in the world and not learn and grow from stuff. If you do, that's a, that's a sign of a fool. Amen? Amen? You be grateful and thankful for what God has provided for us. And if it doesn't fit your cup of tea, it's okay. You get to make choices. Okay, I'm going to do a closing prayer to bring some healing. Like Paul closing at the end of, uh, of, of the message when I said we need to pray for all pastors because they need to come into the spirit of truth and humble themselves before the Lord and repent. We don't want them to be destroyed or the people who sit up under them to be destroyed because a lack of truth that has gone forth. So for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant everyone, all these pastors and teachers, evangelists, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith, and that they being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that they might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we or they can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church. Unto God be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Praise the Lord.